It's um, Tuesday the 15th of November 2016. Uh, <coughs> my name is Grant George and I'm going to complete uh, my Dharma talk on uh, love, Buddha, heart, true nature. Um, <coughs> this is the second, second part of, um, of something I've been looking at and I just... It's really. I did break it into two lots. I wasn't sure how I was going to go for timing, but it seemed to work um, that I did only do half. And this, this part is going to be. I might just do a, a summary of, of what I really covered last time, um, as far as um, just bits I missed and just things that have come up since. Um, and then it's really around uh, what is um, what gets in the road of love, Buddha, uh, for me. And, um, and also uh, um, a, a little bit of a sharing on empathy, some practices I do in empathy and something that supports me in my, in my practice. Um, <clears throat> you know, I just, the thing that's come up for me over the last few weeks since I did that talk is um, really it's just become so clear how, how Zazen in particular really supports this, um, this love, this Buddha aspect of my practice. Um, and it's really, when I look into that, it's really um, around being very present. Um, the practice of presence and allowing uh, is, is really what, um, what gives us almost a very similar flavour to, um, to what I've been talking about, which is actually... I found it really difficult to talk about in, in conceptual terms, you know. I had a, a few goes at doing it differently, but um, I, yeah, I, I do find it quite difficult. But this, um, this allowing um, is a really big part of it. Um, it's like when I first started um, Zazen particularly, uh, I, ha I had this saying, it was... Um, and it sort of stuck with me, and I, th I thought, oh, this is, this is pretty cool. This, this sort of this works for me, and it was um, um, easy, hard, makes no difference. Just do. Thought, yeah, that's I like the sound of that. That's really direct, and um, so I get into it. And, but what, what I found was actually um, it was um, it was getting in the way. It was um, it was too harsh because. What I wasn't realising is, um, what I came to realise is that um, uh, it may not matter, but uh, it, it was there was stuff there for me around the mattering. There was stuff there that did matter. I was human, and to look in that, look at that stuff has been really helpful to me, um, with a with a soft and, a, and an open heart, and and that's how I've um, I've changed my zazen quite dramatically. Um, because I found um, it's, it's, it is really quite a, I found it really quite a paradoxical um, practice that we sit we sit with a lot of form and sashins particularly are um, is a very strong holding um, and uh, but with all that holding um, and all that form um, we have to hold it softly like, like a feather. I think it's been talked about as a feather. So um, this is something I didn't speak about last time and it's really important to me. Um, yeah, so that's... 
So that's what this is about. And um, the other thing around the love, the Buddha and the, and the heart, um, it's, um, it's, not a, it's not a feeling. You know, it's not a feeling. It's something um, different to a feeling that's um, maybe a quanti- quantitative space of being or something. You know, it's, it's, it's a space that's, um, that is, uh, it's got feeling in it but it's not a feeling, because feelings um, come and go, they change, yet this space that I'm trying to talk about is, um, is there, it's always there, it's, but it's always there to be drawn on, um, it's just, it's like um, the moon covering the clouds, they've got these clouds over it um, often, but it's there, it's there to access, and uh, when I do access, then I have a, a feeling, yeah, but it, and it's, and it might be, um, um, it's not broad, it can, be, um, it can be a support, it can be love, Buddha in the, in the form of support or love, Buddha in the form of um, wisdom or love, form, um, uh, love, Buddha in the form of, um, um, oh, sorry, you know, I can't remember, <laughs> um, you know, respect or... Um, Ease, or peace, um, or purpose. So it's 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 got it's got a it's got a content to it as well, you know, for me. Um, so it's not just a big vague space of love and Buddha. It's um it's it's got the space. Um, and the other thing that came up for me, well. You know, we were talking in the group and, and somebody said, you know, wisdom's important too. And, and, and it, it is, wisdom is important. Um, you know, we've got this Buddha, we've got the Dharma um, and, um, and we've got the Sangha, which is, you know, the three, the three pegs of this, um, of this uh, three support um, posts of the stool, if you like. Um, but what I, what I find... Um, when I'm in that space of, of complete openness, then um, the wisdom seems to come a lot easier, and it um, it just comes. Uh, so it supports it. Um, it's it's helpful to have some uh, some skill around um, um, around that, around maybe uh, talking about it, maybe I'm um, sharing what's going on, uh, but it, it just comes easier. And of course. Um, when I hear uh, I hear some real wisdom sometimes without the heart in it and it just doesn't seem to land for me it just seems dry uh, so they work together but uh, yeah it's, it's yeah, they work together and of course the, the sangha the relationship uh, uh, and it's not just relationship outside myself it's my relationship within my own my own self my own being um, trying to um, hold that <coughs> Hold that with some softness and understanding and some wisdom and some love. And mostly um, some, some presence and some allowing. Allow this, 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 some of this hard stuff that's going on for me. Because uh, <clears throat> the other thing that I've really found quite, quite, quite um, clearly, especially around Sushin, is um, some of the suffering hasn't really been the pain. I've, I've experienced quite a lot of pain, physical pain, but it's actually been a resistance to it, wanting, wanting the bell to ring, you know, just wanting something other. 
Um, it's, just, it's, it's just not giving it some room to be and, um, and to accept, to allow, to, um, to understand that, yeah, I'm feeling some pain because I haven't moved for 35 minutes and I wasn't in a very good position and blah, blah, blah. But actually uh, giving some empathy around that, that it's, that's okay. You know, it's, it's, that's fair enough. <laughs> fair enough I've got that pain and, and, and maybe also um, psychological pain around something that's going through. So not blocking it, not being hard and saying easy, hard, makes no difference, just do, but just giving it some room and presence and allowing some love and some Buddha and some heart. Uh, it's been really important to me. And, um, you know, an intention that if every moment, you know, even the moments of um, pain and despair and restriction, if I could hold them, if I could hold those moments with as much value and appreciation and love as the moments of joy and warmth, well, that would be something, you know. And, that, and if um, the, you know, it, it talks about this, of course, in, in all our practices, but particularly in the affirming faith and mind, you know, it's it's just pages of it here about. The, right, the great way is not difficult for those who do not pick and choose. When preferences are cast aside, the way stands clear and undisguised. You know, it's um, it's this this whole allowing, giving room. It's a beautiful thing, and it's it's something that I've found I've had to practice. Um, yeah, and this the. The presence is really a powerful thing. It's like um, it is quite a different space for me to the thinking mind. I mean, the thinking mind it'll always argue. It'll always come up with arguments and discussions and have good points and um, be skillful. And um, but the presence it doesn't argue. It, 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 it just there's nothing to argue. It just allows, um, and that's the power. It just is there. And it's um, it's it's just pure and it's open. Yeah. So that's what came up with me over the last few weeks and a lot more. But um, that's all that's coming to me right now. Um, so what I what I'd like to do is uh, move into some of the stuff that's really got into the way of my practice. With some maybe a couple of personal examples and um, and. And a lot of this, lot of this stuff actually has been from. Um, he's not exactly a Zen teacher. He's, he's a um, NBC teacher, but um, very much on compassion and reflections. And I just, and his name is Robert Gonzalez. And I've done, a, I've done a course with him. And I just, I just read a one little small paragraph just to give you a flavour of, of his, because although he never, he had never stated his practice, I'm, I'm pretty sure he, um, he meditates. And um, he just, uh, yeah, he, he's just got a way with words that, that for me has really supported me in my Zen practice. Has given me a little bit more um, uh, understanding from a conceptual point of view. That's, and I've been able to put that conceptual point of view into my own experience, and it's helped me. It's supported me, uh, but it's it's the same language as as what I'm. Um, as a Zen practice. So just to give you an idea of, of Robert's work, um, just how he, how he comes. This is on the, on the sense of self. 
there are many words that describe the core of who we are, our essence, our essential self, our true self. This core is where all the qualities of our true self resides as the qualities of being, innocence, creativity, aliveness, love. Whatever these qualities are, whenever we are in touch with ourselves, we feel these qualities as felt energies and as unmistakable who we are. This is the part of ourselves that we want to experience in its fullness. Yeah, and that, it's quite wordy, but it's, um, it really sort of touches on um, what I'm trying to uh, investigate at the moment. Now, um, there's something... Some of the stuff that gets in the way, um, it's really, this thinking mind is, is certainly a, a big barrier. And now when I speak about this thinking mind, I just want to make it um, clear that uh, it's a, it, it, the thinking mind is it, it's there for a reason and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's an, it interprets the world. Um, we need it to... to um, <coughs> Uh, to get on with the world, to understand, to um, have conscious relationships um, and it's actually um, a neutral thing but what I, what I do see and what Robert talks about and which really landed with me is um, it's, it's something how, how we hold our um, experience um, in really holding our experience through perspectives and, um, and beliefs and, um, and of course, um, it's sort of broken up to a couple of things that, that really landed with me. Um, and the first one is, um, it's really, we, um, as children, as very young children, we're, we're actually, um, yearning for, for, for unconditional love and that's, that's how we um, as children want to, want to grow and be supported and in our, in our innocence, in our um, conscious um, curiosity, in our um, openness and vulnerability, um, we're, we're really asking for unconditional love and it doesn't happen that often and, um, and what, what actually does happen is um, is, and it's usually from the primarial, primal um, caregivers. Is um, we get these constant no's. You know, it might be a Robert calls it a, a soft no, like a maybe just a, um, a non-attendance, or it may be a, a hard no. It might be just a not a hard no, but a no. Or no, if you know if you do that, you know what you're going to get. Or even hitting, you know. So it evaluates. But but what actually happens when these when this energy is um, is impacted on this on this child? Um, you, you close down. You, you close it. You close it down because it's a protective structure. You, you, um, you just make a. It's like an unconscious decision that um, this is dangerous. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do something that's going to make you happy, and I'm going to get the love I need. Um, and this doesn't. You know, this happens over many years, um, and you just keep closing stuff down and building this this ego really, and. I, I actually had a, um, 
really quite a strong experience as a young child. Before I was five, I was, um, I was, as I said, I was given a lot of freedom as a child with my, with my mother and um, I used to walk around the neighbourhood. We came from a small town, there was only 500 people and I'd visit the neighbours and there was this one particular neighbour, um, Mr Mack, he was right next door and he was an old sea captain, he was a gruffly old thing and, um, and he lived on this double, double um, sort of quite a big house, it was a huge house and, and it had these stairs going up the side and I could, I could only just get up them but once I was up the top of the stairs there was this little door and the door handle was quite low like it had in the old days and I just opened it up and there would be Mr Mack at the, at the table having his cup of tea with his, his pipe and we'd sit down and we'd talk and we'd yarn and he was a real, um, he was a lonely old man, his, his wife had died and, um, but I had a, had a real connection with this old man and I, I remember it really well. And uh, I don't think he had many people around him. Now, one day I climbed up these, these steps and opened this door and he wasn't there. And so I um, started just going down this hallway Intuitively, I think I knew where he was down at, the, down at the bottom bedroom, and I came around this bedroom door, and he was there in his singlet, and he was sort of slumped over in his chair, and he's and he looked up and he says, "What are you doing? Could you not? It's rude really not to knock. You should knock when you come to a man's house." And he really barreled me, and I'd, I'd never experienced anything like that, and and it just, I just, I was out of there, and. Um, and I never saw him again. I never went and saw him again. I just, I just closed off my, my world of Mr. Mac, you know. And I think about, I think about it now, and I think I'm quite mournful about that because, when I think, you know, imagine if he was caught in his bedroom with a young boy, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, and I think I was probably one of the few people that was in his life at that time. You know, he was very lonely and. Uh, and, and he, had, he was an exciting guy to be around. He, was, um, he told lots of fantastic stories. So, but what I'm saying this for is it's one of these perfect examples of closing down. I just closed that world down and I kept going, but that was a part of me that was, that's gone. Okay. I'm sure you can all think of examples for yourself. You know, music teacher telling you you couldn't sing. You know, I had that. Didn't sing for 30 years. Can't sing. You know, another word, closed down. And this is, um, this, is, this is what happens. Um, this is what's happened to me. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's just not helpful. Um, well, what, what it is and what, what, what the meditation has done is allowed me to look at that. And that's, I think that's all you can do is, is see that for what it is. And um, because it's so, it's not just in my mind, it's in my body as well. It's, it's a deep uh, pain. Um, it's, it's my ego. It's, it's, it's the building of the ego. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's limiting and it's, it's, it's protective in nature. It's fear-based. Um, and it's, um, it's not about freedom. It's, um, it's restrictive. And so that, that is... That is a, um, something that I've noticed and that I'm working with uh, in my meditation. And I think the most valuable thing I can do with that is just look at it and um, and see what comes up and um, and and push push some of push some of my boundaries. Um, yeah. 
the other aspect is um, is around beliefs, and that's you know around the beliefs in our culture um, we have from our family. You know, you might have you might be surrounded with beliefs around um, around men and women, um, religion, spirituality, money, um, all sorts of different um, ways that your culture challenge you into these these um, these beliefs, and they're not. Um, um, they, they, you, you, your mind can't say they're just protective structures. You haven't got the consciousness for that. They're, they're actually, you, you think they are real. You know, um, you think they are really real. So, and when it's a belief like that, you, you've got no room to move. Um, so it's it's another one that's really really quite deep and quite limiting. Um, and gets in the way of um, your vulnerable self and your and your your heart and your um, and your, your, your self yeah, and your self is no self of of, of um, being in this practice being completely open and allowing um, yeah so there's a couple of things that that really um, that Robert talked about that really landed with me because uh, I could see them in myself. Um, very, very clearly, and uh, and they're not to say that I can move them either. But um, the, the start for me is to see them firstly, and then um, work with them. And and this working with them is this this is where this allowing comes comes along because um, you know, say my singing teacher thing business, you know, um, understand that that that's. That's okay. I understand why I was scared about not seeing for 30 years. Um, you know, that's give myself some empathy around that and understanding, and and not say it's stupid and um, ridiculous and um, has got no merit because it has got merit. It's it's got power in me. And um, the first thing to do, um, I can I can I can want change for sure, but I think the starting point is to is to give it some space and give it some room and some love um, and then maybe something will happen and maybe something won't happen. Who knows? But um, it's a really important um, aspect of, um, of, of the work. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, those dramatic experiences are, um, are pretty powerful and the the Sazen in particular and the form that I practice holds it in good stead and um, gives me some room to, um, to move with, with lightness, hopefully. I'd like to um, Speak very briefly on um, <coughs> on empathy. Um, empathy for me is um, it's really the action of compassion, um, especially around myself and around um, around people around me. Um, and it's um, it's not sympathy. It's it's really just a deep deep listening to um, myself. My own, my own um, 
uh, challenges or uh, whatever's going on for me, whatever energy is happening in me at the time, um, to actually deeply listen to that and once again this, this being present and, um, and allowing is, um, and giving love to is, is a big part of it. Um, I've got something here that I'll, I'll just read. It's from a, from a lady. It's, um, it's probably a little bit harsh. You might have heard it before, but uh, I thought it sort of landed quite well about listening. Um, and it just it sort of encapsulates um, the empathy, uh, what what it's about, really. Um, yeah. So this is what this is what she says. It's anonymous, actually. Um, <clears throat> when I ask you to listen to me, and you start to give advice. You have not done what I ask. When I ask you to listen to me and you begin to tell me why I shouldn't feel that way, you are tramping on my feelings. When I ask you to listen to me and you feel you have to do something to solve my problem, you have failed me, strange as that may seem. Listen. All I ask was that you listen, not talk or do, just hear me. Advice is cheap. Two cents will get you Dear Abby or Billy Graham in the same newspaper. And all I can do, and I can do all for myself, I'm not helpless. When you do something for me that I can, that I can need and do for myself, you contribute to my fear and weakness. But when you accept as a simple fact that I do feel what I feel, no matter how rational, and I can quit trying to convince you and can get about the business of understanding what's behind the irrational feelings. And when that's clear, the answers are obvious and I don't need advice. Rational feelings make sense when we understand what's behind them. Perhaps that's why prayer and meditation works, sometimes for some people, because the silence is mute and doesn't give advice or try to fix things. Meditation and prayer is talking to our inner self, which only listens and lets us work it out for ourselves. So please listen and just hear me. And if you want to talk, just wait a minute for your turn and I'll listen to you. Yeah, so that, once again, is just reiterating this, this, um, this room to listen and be heard. Uh, I think it's a really important um, attribute uh, and it takes practice. Um, what I found when I first started practicing empathy groups and, and sharing groups around that, um, I, was, I was a little bit lost of um, wanting to, to help and, and, and I saw the, a lot of skill around me but I didn't really know how to engage and um, what, what I've really found is um, if you get lost in empathy um, is you just um, repeat what the person's told you even if it's word for word it's still a, a way of being, um, being present with them and the most important thing around the empathy that I've been engaged in is actually being present um, that's enough just to be present and um, and when I say present I mean present and, and this this practice certainly um, gives um, gives plenty of practice of being um, being present and being and allowing what's going on I mean it's nice to understand what's going on for a person but it's not it's not a hundred percent necessary um, and um, yeah so just just being with somebody and um, wanting to be there to listen to them is, is, is enough. And it's a very healing um, process. Um, and it gives people 
once again gives them the room to, to um, interpret themselves and work through their own stuff and also with, your, with, with my own stuff um, then if I can just listen to what's going on really carefully and, um, and, it's, and accept that, that it's, it's okay, it's there for a reason. It's, it's, I'm feeling this way because maybe a value hasn't been met or something, something, something is going on that I don't understand. Um, then if I can give some room to and give some love to and um, give some openness to, then as I say, maybe some change will happen. Um, you know, got something here by Jocelyn Small. A naturally therapeutic person is one who, by a natural response to those in pain, endows them to realise their own healing potential lies within within them, and never in the one who is helping or giving advice. You know. yeah. The other thing, I mean, I'm sure some of you will remember, but um, what really landed with me um, with Sensei's um, talk on. Um, on compassion and um, at the last session she gave a little story about empathy which I thought was um, was so classic really. Um, it was about a, a nurse that, um, that was actually administrating um, the, the chemotherapy for, um, for, for children that were um, suffering cancer and this was sometimes a very painful um, process and this, this nurse was um, was was obviously um, with these people, just with their pain, um, not trying to fix them, but giving some really strong empathy um, and being being totally with them. And so much so that um, a number of the children, it wasn't uncommon for when those children were uh, in their last days of, um, of death that they called on that person. And that just really, I thought, wow, there's a person that's probably given them the most physical pain they've had for quite some time, yet that power of empathy and connection um, got them to, to ask for that person to be there with them in that, in that, in that really powerful time. So the power of empathy, um, not just within yourself, but in your own heart, but within other people is, is, is a very powerful, powerful process. And, um, I'm just very fortunate to have... Um, have some people that I, I can practice with. Um, yes, that's, that's Well, just about done it. What I might do is just end with a, um, I think it's a sort of a poem. It's actually, I read this book, um, it was about the relationship between Rumi and Shams, which was, um, I called it, you know, a love relationship. But at any rate, this person wrote this, this, this book. It was a completely fictional account, but um, they did these 40 rules of love, and they were quite. Um, it was quite interesting. Some of them were quite, I found them quite um, quite insightful. So this was rule four. Okay. Intellect and love are made of different materials. Intellect ties people in knots and risks nothing, but love dissolves all tangles and risks everything. Intellect does not easily break where love can effortlessly reduce itself to rubble, but treasures are hidden among the rubble, among the ruins. A broken heart hides treasures. One more. <laughs>
discussed what questions we could bring up. Okay. A life without love is of no account. This is rule number 40. Life of, lo- of love is of no account. Don't ask yourself what kind of love you should seek, spiritual or material, divine or mundane, eastern or western. Divisions only lead to more divisions. Love has no labels, no definitions. This is what it is, pure and simple. Love is the water of life and a lover is the soul of fire. The universe turns differently when fire loves water. So, I hadn't really prepared any questions, so I was wondering um, where a discussion around questions would be helpful before we break into our groups. Um, Yeah, so... Um, probably one thing that comes up for me is um, is there anything amongst the groups that you'd like to share that you've, that you've experienced that has really closed you down um, that you've seen clearly um, as a child or whenever you know, that's something um, that, that maybe your, zen, your zazen has, has helped um, or not you know um, it's something that's probably um, one thing that sort of came up. Um, yeah. Is there any questions? Or anybody want to um, add anything or bring anything to the sharing around that that sort of landed with anybody? Um, anything? Or not? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I sometimes get the feeling that it's um, that Zen can be such a stoic practice. Now, sitting on the mat and gritting it out, and um, I, I know I certainly did it a lot like that. Um, and yeah, and that's. I mean, it's different strokes for different folks for sure. Uh, and this is just one way that I've found that's really supportive for me. Um, softening up a bit. Yeah. Um, okay, I will we'll break in and see what comes out of our, our groups. <laughs>